Welcome to another episode here at the Midnight Founders Podcast. We're so excited to be with you today. This is AJ Rounds from Rev Road and Jake McCard from CB Vault. Here at the Midnight Founders Podcast, we focus on telling behind-the-scenes stories for what makes a successful entrepreneur. We're excited for another week. Here we go. Here we are, another episode of Midnight Founders Podcast. Super excited to be here today. It's Valentine's Day, so happy Valentine's Day, everybody. I'm wearing my pink, just so everyone knows, in celebration of that day. Um, we're here today with Charles Ocello with Vitruvius Design up in Park City. Um, they're doing some really cool things with architecture and high-end building, especially with um, uh, uh, Vision Pro. And anyway, we'll talk about some of those things, but with te- they're using technology in a way that no other architectural design firms in Utah, or at least in the area, are using as far as I know. So Charles, welcome. Good to have you here on the podcast today. Thanks. Uh, great to be here. appreciate it. This is so cool. Well, um, we'd love to hear about what you're doing right now uh, with the company you're building currently. So tell us more about Vitruvius Design and, and what you guys are accomplishing there. Yeah, thanks, AJ. Um, yeah, appreciate being here. Uh, we are uh, Vitruvius Design and Build up in Park City, Utah. Actually founded the firm back in 2007 in New Orleans, Louisiana. So I'm a Louisiana boy. Uh, there we go. Exiled in Utah now. <laughs> so. <laughs> Park City, it's a rough life. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough life up in Park City. But uh, no, you know, we're a tech firm uh, innovating um, uh, the luxury uh, design and build space um, in residential construction. We're building the world's first uh, design and build experience software platform. Um, and, you know, really our charge is to actualize evolved excellence through a curated design and build experience. Um that's really what we're doing at Vitruvius, you know, and, and I think that, um, you know, for me personally, I've always been super interested in kind of that intersectionality between tech and, and residential and luxury residential construction. And it's such a cool time and place to be here, not only in Utah, but, but I think with some of the things that, that you talked about with some of the cool technologies that are coming out right now and, um, you know, we get to do some incredible build projects up in the Park City market. We have incredible clients, and it's just a really uh, cool team that we've built and continue to build. So, very cool. So, you could probably say that you're you're innovating this space in architectural design and building, and you're doing it in a high end market, right? Yeah. And um, you're doing it in a way that excites people because they can see what they're going to have built even before it's built. And I think that's you know. When we expanded out here in in Park City, I think that we really saw an opportunity that really no one else was seeing at the time. And you know, we have these clients who are have built incredibly successful lives, and their business owners, C-suite executives, and you know, really where the market was kind of sliding in um, throughout, kind of the whether it was architectural design or interior design or the actual construction process was that there was this huge gap um, that was just missing. And we really saw that opportunity and, and really kind of stepped through the hole um, in, in putting together a lot of things. Um, and, and it's really, so much of it is software driven um, to, to not only, I think, showcase how incredible of, of an experience that um, designing these incredible custom homes can be, but how cool we can make the process through through this technology. And so we're using things like, you know, um, spatial computing and and you know visualization technology 
to really show the clients, I think, uh, what they're getting uh, while we're in the design process and throughout the construction process. And that really is a paradigm shift in the industry. Uh, and that's something that's really exciting for our firm. Yeah, it's really fascinating. Uh, my wife and I built a custom house in 2018 and she's really good at like the, she can visualize it really well. Uh So like she looks at a 2d drawing of what the house was going to look like and she can put herself in there and me, I'm like completely lost. So like if we would have had this when we were building the house, it would have been way better for me because I was like surprised as the house got built. (laughs) My wife knew exactly what it was going to look like. And I was like, man, this is awesome. So yeah, it would have been cool to be able to kind of walk through it ahead of time. No, it's it's really great. And some people can, you know, wholly see and they say, oh, yeah, I can see what's going on. Or, you know, uh, some architects that we work with, they'll show clients um, 3D you know, on the computer and they'll sort of spin it around. And, and that is really advanced for the industry, the things that we're doing. And, and I think, uh, kind of the sneak peek that I showed you guys of what Incredible, we're doing with Apple is <laughs> so cool. Yeah. Is totally next level. Yeah. And, and, and so, um, I'm curious, I mean, so maybe we can talk about that, you know, yeah. So, um, I mean, so before, just for the audience's sake, before we, we started recording here in the studio, we put on the, uh, I'm going to say Oculus, but it's not that it's the vision pro, the yep. Apple, uh, uh, you know, the headset, we put it on and, uh, what we'd see is a house floating in the air, this really beautiful two or three story, uh, contemporary modern house. And then, you know, Charles would say, Hey, walk towards me. And we would literally go from the family room to the bedroom, to the bathroom. You can see the tub and the, the, the bed where it's going to sit and, and the fixtures. And I can imagine that, um, you know, for those of us that are like Jake, you know, that can't see it when it's mm. studs or when it's even a concrete slab, then you can kind of walk through it and see where everything's going to go. And it's just, it's incredible, you know? We're super excited about Apple Vision Pro. I think that it's really the hardware and, and obviously Apple's user interface that we've been waiting for to, to take our ideas and really implement them. Our software development team of six has had Apple Vision Pro. We have two now, and they've been hard at work. Uh, you know, We've had ours for a little over a week now. And so what you guys have seen has been all of the development that has happened really in only a week's time. And so you know, being able to go on site, and we're actually going to meet clients this afternoon and you can imagine their home is actually just studs right now is that the home we just saw before this yeah oh okay and so it's just studs right now and so we're going to actually be able to have our clients put the apple vision pro on and walk their studded home but then experience in augmented reality and then virtual reality what the actual finished product is going to look like while we're still finalizing some of the design phase items can you make changes in real time? Yeah. That's so say. yes, you can. Oh uh, we're, my gosh. We're, we can do that uh, on the uh, 3D visualization side right now. We're still working to implement that actually into the Vision Pro, but that's certainly on our short list. Um, it's in three production cycles uh, for our development team. How I would think this helps is not only does it give you the vision of what's going to be built, but then also it avoids you know, mistakes and change orders and mess ups along the way because we're catching those things before they're even built, right? Great point. And I think that that's something that we really try to emphasize. And, and we love collaborating from the very beginning. So we assemble and we don't do any in-house architecture. We do have interior design that we do on some 
projects, but we build that collaborative team early on. And that really has been, you know, um, the, the rationale behind that is you want as many expertized. I mean, these, these homes are five, 10, 15, $20 million homes. And so these are works of art. These are multi-year projects. And so being able to collaborate from the very beginning has always been, I think for us, something that uh, has been a model that we really feel like is the best practices for that exact reason. If you can avoid one mistake, those mistakes become a lot more costly the further into the build that you know you actually are able to catch that or they're um, impossible to change mm-hmm. like you get to a certain point where it's just like oh well that's the way it is i guess yeah great point and so you know having this visualization as pushing that earlier upstream into the design it it, it really informs not only the best design um, the best visualization for the clients but again you know avoiding those costly change orders and so the uh, you know the, the amount of real use cases for this technology and I think for us overall the experience that we're delivering for our clients are one of a kind luxury experiences that no one else has even conceptualized much less executed on well and that's interesting because I mean when was the last time you talked to someone and they said we built our house and it was such an amazing experience <laughs> it was so fun they never say that right it was like oh it went over budget it took much longer than we thought you know it's never a good experience so it's tough i mean you know we're building i was sort of thinking uh uh on the way over here you know even a you know tesla built their cars from the ground up and they built their factory floor from the ground up and all of those things but they're cranking out the same model y's every single time and our world is totally different no one lot no one home no one bathroom is the same everything is custom again these are you know legacy works of art for for uh, our clients and so it's a really difficult world i think that marrying for us um our incredible craftsmen that are executing these homes, our trim carpenters and our stonemasons and guys that can, I mean, talk about artisans and artists, um, but marrying them with interior designers and architects and our clients who, you know, there's just so many stakeholders. And so it is, it's a extremely complex process. And I think that's one of the things that I have found to be so enthralling about why I am doing what I'm doing and why I've always done what I've done is, is that I love how it's so complex. At the end of the day, it's a really complex and challenging problem. Mm. So you like solving problems. Sure. I love it. Yeah. And it seems like this is one step towards kind of helping to make that process more scalable mm. in some way. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that specifically as it relates to, you know, both the the project management side of things with, you know, the accounting and the communication throughout the process, but, you know, with the stakeholders, I think as it relates to interior design and, and the visualization technology, as we improve and the technology costs come down, it is very scalable. And, and what that or how we envision it is that instead of there being what we call track or production homes where every home is the same cookie cutter as this technology we can bring this to the masses and so everyone can actually have a custom designed home so cool did you so take us back to the beginning did you get your start in design because you explain your company as a tech firm mm. that's doing design and sure. build so 
where is your background and how well, did you get this idea? It seems like I saw the medical school back there. Oh, yeah, right yeah. Now. How did I was you get there say, from this here? This is where we're veering off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we take an off ramp. So um, I, I've always been super interested in working with my hands and building and crafting things. My dad kind of wrangled me when I was in sixth grade and he said, hey, we're building our home, you know, our family home. And so that's when I, I looking back, I really fell in love with it. Um, at the same time, I actually went to visited the House of Interventions at Epcot. And I don't know if you guys have ever been. That was super impactful for me as a child because it was it was a home, but it was the most innovative things that were probably 10, 15, 20 years into the future. And so that that was when I really fell in love with it. Um, you know, kind of fast forward, I actually, did pursue a career in medicine, went to medical school. Uh, I'm actually a board certified uh, ER doctor. And so, um, you know, that was at the start of um, kind of my medical career. I was still doing real estate. I was really doing it more from the developer side of things, but that was really in New Orleans. We were doing incredible um, historic um, homes in the French Quarter and the Garden District. Charleston and, Avenue and some of those Yeah, St. Charles Avenue yeah. and with the streetcar and, and, you know, and so, but that was more kind of from the developer side of things, but that's really where I kind of re-engaged with real estate and founded Vitruvius. And, and as I kind of, um, as the years went on, you know, my medical career really kind of took a back seat. And, and, and so, uh, you know, kind of fast forward, my wife and I have been in Park City about four years now. And when we moved here, I saw the opportunity just to expand the firm and, and kind of seeing the opportunity out here was, was tremendous. And so that's, that's a little bit kind of going backwards to go forwards. I love that the board certified ER doctor is like a <laughs> side note. It's like an asterisk on the, <laughs> the career path. It's amazing. Well done. <laughs> you know, what's interesting though. And I used to be, I, I think, um, I didn't like to talk about it. I think because really in the United States, we kind of get on these career paths, you know, yeah. and, and you kind of get in your stall and you say, okay. And, and you know, obviously, a, a you know, medicine's 10 plus years by medical school residency, all of those things. And it's and a lot of work. I mean, you it, go through a lot to get through it. Ton of work, ton of school, you come out with debt, you know, but I think that it, it, it prohibits people from really following what they're really passionate about. And I think that, um, I was really inspired. I attended Brainstorm, Fortune Magazine's Brainstorm Tech uh, this past summer in Deer Valley. And I I was shocked at the number of people when I told them, oh, yeah, you know, I'm, you know, uh, kind of trained as an ER doctor. They said, oh, yeah, me too. I went to medical school or I, you know, did two years of medical school and then, you know, pursued a different career path. And so I, I think that um, it's been um, an opportunity for me, I think, to empower other physicians to say, you don't have to just stay in the career path. And I think for entrepreneurs in general is we all start out somewhere because I think that we run hard, right? And so you might be running hard early in your career, but then it's okay to divert or it's okay to take a 90 degree turn. And, and just start over again. Um, and so uh, for me, that's, yeah, that's been my path. So you liked doing the medical thing, but you loved this more. Yeah. And so then you started just naturally gravitating towards building and design and technology. And now you're not practicing medicine at all? Yeah, not practicing medicine at all. It, what I would say that it's informed so much about how 
I interact and how our team interacts with clients. I think that it really speaks to one thing that we're really big on, which is understanding the emotional intelligence side of this process for our clients. It's a very, at times, emotional journey. And I think that anyone who's really good at their craft understands the underlying emotional things that are driving people, right? And so especially as it relates to these long-term relationships that we have with our clients, I think that it's really informed a deep understanding of that emotional intelligence because if you can understand your client's values, if you can understand you know, what drives them, um, that emotional intelligence quotient, it really informs a better process for everyone. And so I think that you know, having those thousands and tens of thousands of patient interactions and really having people, you know, confide in me really intimate things and being a part of really tough discussions and all of those things has really informed, I think a lot of the sometimes contentious discussions that we have with clients or tough decisions that we have to help them with. It's really made those a lot easier and really, um, I can, I can help our team, um, you know, as we scale to scale emotional intelligence. There's a book called Range uh, that talks about this exact concept mm-hmm. where it's it talks about how a lot of times we focus on uh, these people that are just, you know, like Tiger Woods that just did golf his entire life. Uh, but And that's kind of the marker for success in the U.S. that we've strived for. But this book takes the alternate approach where it, it talks about, you know, not being afraid to leave a career path mm. and go a different direction and how many successful entrepreneurs spent, you know, half their career doing something and then went a completely different direction. But like you're talking about, learned really valuable skills mm. that translated to their next career sure. and has made them way more successful than they would have been otherwise. Mm. So I think it's really important. You know, that's a that's a cool concept. And for people that are kind of feeling stuck in where they're at right now. Like, you know, it's not, it's not a bad thing to, to jump and Mm. go into a different career field. Sure. And I love that you said too, um, this is so cool. I want to just highlight it for our audiences. You said, you know, um, those that really understand their craft, they know how their customers feel. Mm. Right. And at Rev Road, you know, where we're working with all these different, you know, startups and uh, scaling companies, it's, scary and Mm. oftentimes they're on the very edge of their finances right (laughs) and and they don't know if the decision they're making today is going to affect you know what's happening in the next three months of their business so um i love that you said that and i think Mm. we need to remember that so much more like i could see the translation from the really scary uh intense situations in the emergency room and how you can take how you've been able to deal with those situations and translate that to you're building a $20 million home. That's scary too. <laughs> Absolutely. And then make that, you know, mesh, you know, and, and those, those um, feelings intersect, you know? Sure. Sure. And I think a lot of, you know, you talk to uh, folks in, in our kind of luxury residential industry and there are, you know, we, we do a lot of, you know, we kind of call it, you know, marital counseling. And like you said, you know, Jake, <laughs> you know, when you when you build a home, most of our clients are couples, and and when you build a home, there's fights. I, I mean, in no uncertain terms, sometimes there's knockdown dragouts. You know, I want this, you want that. Let's do this. Let's go in different directions. Multiple stakeholders involved, and so I think being able to de-escalate some of those situations yeah. and at the same time celebrate, you know, um, those times. But you obviously can't have the the good without the bad, and so uh, I, I think um, understanding again that you know, the relationships that we have with our clients are really lifelong relationships. So 
this may have created more problems for me because I would have been able to actually have input. Because <laughs> like my wife was like, "What do you think?" And I'm like, "I literally don't know what you're looking at. Like I can't visualize it at all. So whatever you think is going to be great." War fights. In so the now if I'm walking through it. I might have to be involved. That's right. Well, that's right. That's right. What uh, I'm curious, you know, coming from Louisiana, um, did you just see the opportunity in Park City, and that's mm. why you guys landed there? What What brought you to this? part of the world. Yeah. You know, I think that, uh, we were actually living in Southern California in La Jolla, um, um, and COVID hit and we were really just looking for, uh, something that was different. I think, I think that for us, what turned into a shorter term, um, kind of change of scenery. Uh, we were in park city for a few months and we said, all right. And you know, our kids are 11, nine and seven. And so, we said, what an incredible place to raise our kids. And so my wife and I, Lindsay, uh, you know, very much so are vagrants. If we didn't have kids, we would sort of bounce around and, you know, we'd keep three or four homes and uh, we'd do beach and mountains. And uh, But obviously with kids, you have to sort of put down for time and just for stability. And so um, we love we love Park City and obviously for the professional opportunities. Very cool. Love that. I think it's, uh, you touched on it. But I think it's really important to highlight. Uh, you talked about how important it is to understand what your customers are wanting. I think a lot of times entrepreneurs get so stuck in their product and what they're offering mm. that they are trying to force what they have instead of, you know, uh, a, you know, accommodating their customer. Mm. Can you talk about that? Like how you how you're approaching that? I think that's so important. And I think that for us, especially, so obviously we do it and and every home is a new product for us, right? And so I think that that's one aspect of our business. I think the second aspect of our business is understanding the process for developing those custom homes. And I think that working with our team on scalable emotional intelligence, and I think how we operate and, and you know, uh, how, we, how we deal with things like transparency and how our clients want to be communicated with and those types of things. But then that translates into our design and build experience platform. And so what's really incredible and what's very different about the platform that we're building versus other, because there's there's a few other players in this space, is that in general, what we've seen is that they are tech guys. Uh, there's a group out of San Francisco that um, is some of the X-Square guys, um, but they don't really have an, that intuitive understanding. They haven't been in those hundreds and thousands of client conversations about, well, we like this bathroom or we like this wallpaper or, you know, with our subcontractors about understanding what's going to be valuable for them in our platform or talking with architects and talking about the visualization technology. And, and so we're leveraging, I call it our sandbox. We have every stakeholder that is that is important in building our design and build experience software in our office or visiting our office. And so we're constantly refining that product. And I think to your question, we're constantly asking that question. What do our stakeholders, which are our clients, what do they want out of this product and how can we deliver that in the best way possible? And so it's something that we're constantly refining. My dad sent me a quote the other day. I don't know about you guys, uh, parents. My dad always, he loves sending me quotes, and I love it. Great. But he said, if you don't disrupt your business, someone else is going to do it for you. Wow. And I feel like that hit me hard 
Because I said, if we're not every day asking those questions, how are we delivering? What are we delivering? How are we refining this product? We're behind the eight ball. And so uh, it, it's something that we really try to focus on asking a lot. I love that. It's the classic, you know, meme. If you're not growing, you're, you're dying, mm. right? You can't just stay still. Who else? I mean, um, Charles, this is always fascinating to, to learn from great entrepreneurs such as yourself. But who else inspires you? or motivates you, you know, like your dad mm. in your life that you look up to and that you try to mimic and, and follow? Yeah. Um, I think that um, my dad's always been super impactful in my life. He's always been very supportive. Um, you know, he's been been there at the good times and been there at the bad times. And and I think that's that's been amazing. Uh, he's the guy that I talk to once a day. You know, I call him, check in on him. Um, he sort of splits time between New Orleans and Park City. But, um, you know, I, I think that I, I, I sort of we have some titans that are living amongst us and that have sort of built things. Um, you know, I, I look a lot at um, Steve Jobs and, and some of the, the things that that he did. And, and I, I really go back to sort of looking at people that have been inspirational for me and continue to be inspirational for me. Um, and I try to focus on maybe kind of one overarching thing that they did or focused on. I mean, Steve Jobs obviously built Apple. and But one thing that Steve Jobs was big about was focus. And he was big about, it's not the, you know, the thousands of ideas that we can take on, it's 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 this concept of not taking those ideas on and focusing on the ones that are going to be big. And and obviously with Apple, I mean he built, you know, um one of the most incredible companies in our in history. Um, you know, I look at a guy like Elon Musk, and I, I know he's a at times controversial figure, but I think that when you look at the level of innovation that he has brought in real time, not just with one company, but on multiple different companies in multiple different industries and spaces. And so I, I'm reading his um, uh, Walter Isaacson's, you know, uh, biography right now. And so I think that I'm just looking at other people um you know, I'm also looking at our team and, and and I think that's a big part of our culture at Vitruvius Design and Build is constantly sort of open sourcing who we're looking at. We do, um, it's called Between the Lines, every Friday. And obviously some people are in the office, some people are remote, but we always hop on a call and it's, what were you reading this week and what can you share from it? And I, I can't tell you how impactful that's been to our firm because again, going back to the the underlying values of our clients. Our clients are voracious readers. And so I love hearing snippets of, um, you know, whether someone's reading Machiavelli or, you know, someone's reading this book or that, you know, I, I can really be inspired, I think, in taking those snippets and whether we're sharing it on Slack or, or whether it's through between the lines, I'm constantly open sourcing who I'm, um, you know, who I'm looking through and, and guiding. I, I think lastly, I have to say Napoleon Hill, uh, you know, he, um, he wrote Think and Grow Rich back in the 30s. Um, Still relevant today <laughs> so in so many ways. It, it's, it's just, it's uncanny how relevant it is. And, and so uh, I think that um, he, for me, was really sort of like the founder of inspiring entrepreneurship because 
he really encouraged people that were, again, working uh, kind of those day jobs or maybe something that they weren't passionate about and saying, these are the steps that you take to go and and live your best life. And and that's been incredibly inspirational for me. Um, as you've built your team, it sounds like you have a really incredible culture. I, I really like that uh, that idea. Uh, one of them's here right now. Avery's in the audience. Avery, <laughs> shout yeah. out to, to you. I love I love that you pull everybody in and kind of learn from everyone and and you know you have a broader reach and and you get a kind of get concepts from a lot of different mm. sources that way. Um, how do you marry those two ideas of making sure that your firm stays really focused on what's relevant and accomplishing that task mm. as you've grown and you have all these sources and all these ideas? Mm. I think that there's some foundational things that that are a part of our culture. What what I think is really exciting about where we are as a firm, we're a little under 20 employees, is that we still really feel like that startup culture. Um, but at the same time, we have some foundational things that, you know, when you hire employee one or five, those are so much more exponentially impactful than employee 100 or employee 500. And I'm so thankful that I feel like the our team at this point in time, um, it, it really is who our culture is at Vitruvius. And I think that you talk to to any company, and, and, and if they're honest, they're going to tell you your company culture is a reflection of who your people are. I've worked in other sort of corporations who try to push this quote unquote, like company culture, like this is who we are and it's five stars and this, that, and the other, but it's all great customer service, great customer service, (laughs) smile, you know, but it's, but it's all a facade. And, and I feel like for us, it is very much so, um, you know, there's things that, that it's not, what you say, it's what you do, right? Um, you know, um, Pat, who runs our construction operations, you know, he gives Avery a hard time all the time. You know, we call it dark to dark club. It's showing up before the sun's <laughs> up and leaving when the sun's down. That's great. And I think that I very much so kind of have two hats because we have our construction operation side of things with our interior design division, which is all of the executional side of things. It's all of the building. It's all of the design of things. It's working with clients. And then we have our software development team. And so I very much so feel like at times I'm living in two different worlds. But I think back to your point of understanding and continuing to grow that culture, you know, I really try to impress that everyone here is still building something. We're making cool stuff. Whether we're making a five or $10 million home on site or whether we're building software, we're all making cool stuff. And so I think that it's really important as we continue to grow and scale to, to connect people from different divisions so that there's a, a intuitive understanding first and then a deep respect for the fact of what they're doing. So we have one guy who's on site and might have a circular saw in his hand. And we have another guy who's working from home or maybe not even in Utah, who's actually like in GitHub doing coding. And so I think that um, putting those two people together for that kind of mutual understanding, that really informs, I think, uh, more respect. But I think at the end of the day, it's it's really the ideals at our firm are hard work. I mean, you know, understanding emotional intelligence, just drive to innovation, 
not asking why, asking why not. I mean, those are such foundational things about our culture um, that I love. So cool. Well, um, Charles, this has been incredible. What um, is there anything else that we haven't touched on that you'd like to you know talk about or or you know make clear to the audience, um, address before we kind of wrap things up? Mm. You know, I I think uh, I've being from outside of Utah. Um, I, I I can tell you guys that I'm so thankful for this time and space. Um, not only in our industry, in the luxury res- residential industry and, and, and tech, but I think that being a part of time and space of 2024 in Utah, I think that we're going to look back and go, I can't believe that. I mean, for me, this feels like, you know, Silicon Valley back in the 1990s. Um, and I think as it relates to our industry, you know, we're saying kind of in, in Park City and in the Mountain West, this is very much so, you know, the next 10 to 15 years leading up to, you know, w- what we all are confident is hosting the Olympics in 2034. This is going to be a golden decade for us. And I heard it at Utah Business Forward, and I just continue to talk to more and more folks. I am so fortunate to be here and to be growing our firm here. And I think it, it it's people like you guys who are, you know, taking younger entrepreneurs. And I think that we're all doing it right. It's, it's, I kind of joke at, at our firm. It's like, you know, we're kind of running a daycare, but at the same <laughs> time, you know, these are people that have incredible ideas that are building incredible companies and it's all happening in our backyard. And so, you know, we talk about all the time, this intersectionality of things. For us, it's the intersectionality of tech and luxury residential construction, but very much so I could expand that intersectionality to being, you know, in Utah at this time. And so I'm I'm so thankful for the culture that's been built here. And I'm so thankful for anything that our firm can do that I can do personally to add to that culture, because I love the culture. It's pro-family. It's pro-small business. Um, And I think that having lived in other places, I think that people from Utah that have been born and raised here could maybe take that for granted a little bit. But I will tell you guys, like, it's a special time and place to be here right now. Yeah, it's very much a win-win feeling Mm. in this area. And I I love that you've um, outlined that the way you have. Well, um, where do people find out more about you and Vitruvius and, and what's next? Yeah, um, we're all over the socials, um, LinkedIn, uh, we're on X, uh, Instagram, uh, Vitruvius Design, um, website, uh, Vitruvius.design. What's next? Um, we're going to be doing um, really our software platform unveiling, which coincides with a showcase home that's going to be uh, on the Park City Showcase of Homes in late August. So mark your calendars. We really want to bring some of the Silicon Valley party vibe, unveiling vibe to uh, to um, kind of Silicon Slopes. And so we're excited about that. Let I think know. that we'll tout it. We're going to get people there for you. Oh man, that's it's, it's going to be a really fun time. So uh, just continuing, I think, to uh, to uh, develop more on our uh, software platform and uh, building some incredible homes up in uh, the Wasatch um, Park City area. Very cool. Well, thanks for being here. This was a lot of fun. Yeah, I appreciate you guys having me. Good luck with everything, Charles. Thanks. See ya. The Midnight Founders Podcast is a podcast about entrepreneurship that is hosted by CB Vault and Rev Road. 
CB Vault is the entrepreneur arm of Central Bank. And RevRoad is a venture services firm where companies come to grow. Thanks for listening to us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen to your podcasts. This is AJ and Jake signing out.